In this episode, I'll talk about frustration. It's an emotion we all have experienced at some point or another. I'll share some insights into it, and I'll talk about why we want to learn how to manage it, but I'll also talk about how it can sometimes serve us. So here we go, episode 61, The Frustration Trap. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Now, I was going to call this episode, but I wasn't quite sure how to spell that. So let's face it, we have all experienced the feeling of frustration, and it's not a fun moment for the person feeling the frustration, and it's also not fun or nice for the people or animals around the person feeling frustration. And because of that, frustration is something that we need to be great at managing. Now, it'll be quite a challenge to get to a place where you're not actually ever feeling frustrated, but we can get more excellent at noticing it sooner and doing something productive and positive about it. So I guess first I want to just say, you know, it's important to see any emotion in a non-judgmental way. So frustration in and of itself is not bad. It just is. It's a natural human emotion. And it's going to give us information about our current situation. Now, but if you spend too much time in frustration, it can become a vicious cycle. I was reading uh, from a report by Wang and Ross in 2007, uh, that memories are colored with emotions felt at the times that the facts occurred. So emotions serve as sort of a neural glue, is what they said, uh, that connects those disparate facts in our minds. And that's why it's easier to remember happy thoughts when we're happy and angry times when we're angry. So the more frustrated you are, or I am, or we all are, <laughs> the more your brain is going to remind you of other frustrating moments that you've had, rather than memories of successful problem-solving times. So there's the cycle. It's going to make it harder then for you to get out of a frustrating moment. Your frustration reminds you of other frustrating moments, which makes you feel more frustrated. And we need to be able to snap out of that and turn on the curious and thinking part of our brain. Now, again, emo emotions are normal and they're part of being a human. So I don't think we can think about turning them off. We don't want to become robots because emotions actually serve a purpose. They prepare our body for action. So I found two other papers. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but Cosmides and Tubi 2000 and Tubi and Cosmides 2008. I guess, <laughs> I guess they had a little discussion about who gets to go first. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, they said that emotions prepare our body for action. So when we feel emotions, different emotions, there are different goal choices. There are different motivational priorities and physiological reactions and motor behaviors and behavioral decision-making when we're experiencing different emotions. Now, frustration, as I kind of alluded to in the intro, frustration can be motivating. It can be what brings us to a... a Don Miguel Ruiz called it no mas. <laughs> it's what brings us to like, no more. This is not going to happen again. And then it can cause us to actually change something that does need to change. In fact, I think many people's, I know I can speak for myself, that many of my most pivotal, meaningful, and important moments in my life were preceded by strong feelings of frustration. Now, that doesn't mean that we need to go around purposely creating frustrating moments. From what I've read, the most common manifestation of frustration is actually aggression. And I don't think we want to be more aggressive, especially with our horses. <laughs> so I guess the ideal is to notice when we're feeling frustration sooner and then make whatever change it is we need to make sooner. But I guess we humans are often committed to learning things the hard way. It's just a part of our life. And it's what makes the importance lessons really stick, right? Because we really feel the difference in ourselves. We try something, it doesn't work. We get frustrated. We get to a breaking point and then we change and oh, everything's better. And then we've learned this great life lesson and we'll never do that again. And you know, that serves a purpose that works much better for humans than someone telling us something and uh, us just using logic and doing it so many times. But again, <laughs> we don't want to go looking for that kind of trouble. We want to um, notice frustration. I think if it's possible to get to the point where we notice, hey, I'm feeling frustrated and just appreciate the small version of that. And through it, through being a smart person, you can go, Hey, I know if I keep staying in this state, it's going to get really bad. And then I have to learn a hard lesson. The older I get, the fewer hard lessons I want to learn. I want to, I want to learn them easy. <laughs> I want to learn the easy version of it. So I try to notice when I'm at one of those moments of like, you know, here's a moment and if I don't move out of this, it's only going to get worse. So why don't I use my thinking brain and see if I can extract myself and find a different solution. So I love to look at the definition of words to try to get a better understanding of them. So the definition of frustration is the feeling of being upset or annoyed, especially because of an inability to change or achieve something. Now, the other ver uh, definition of it is the prevention of progress, success, or fulfillment of something. You know, it frustrated my attempts to do this. My attempts to do something were frustrated. Do you know it originates from the Latin word for disappoint? So you see this cycle that's created. Something doesn't work. 
So we get frustrated and frustration prevents further success, which makes us feel more frustrated and round and round we go. And of course, then we are more and more disappointed in ourselves. And that can be really demotivating. So we want to break this cycle. The cycle is not fun and it is not productive. And as I said before, especially with animals and especially with horses, we need to find ways to really love the process of learning and training and avoid frustration because frustration leads to aggression. And there's nothing that can move us away from harmony quicker than harboring feelings of anger or frustration or aggression. Horses feel this. They feel it in their cells. They were born to feel low levels of anger and aggression from a mile away. And I think we can agree that it is harmony that we're looking for, right? The name of this podcast is Horse Training in Harmony. And did you know that the word for amateur comes from the Latin word meaning lover? So it comes from the idea of to love. And I'll bet the majority of you listening are amateurs. So by definition, you need to be loving the process, <laughs> the whole process. Because then if you don't, if you're not an amateur, then you're a professional. <laughs> Where then you cannot love the process. I'm only kidding. Except that it does seem sometimes that many professionals forget to love the process. I mean, I know I got myself to a state <laughs> where when I was a professional, I got so professional I didn't love it anymore. But that's another, that's another episode. Okay, let's get back to solving frustration. Now, there are internal and external sources for frustration. So internal frustration can arise from challenges in meeting our own goals or fulfilling our own desires or our needs or dealing with things and we, that we don't think are good enough, right? That, that thing in front of me that I would like is not good enough. <laughs> so that's, that's internal though, right? So if we didn't have a particular goal, then we don't get frustrated because for not meeting it, right? If we don't have the goal, then we can't be frustrated that we don't meet it. And it's amazing how easy it is to be happy when you lower your expectations. <laughs> now, I know that sounds kind of like, hey, you know, we want to achieve goals. That's why, you know, the name of my book is Dressage Naturally Results in Harmony. It's easy to have harmony if you don't really want to achieve anything. So this is the tricky part. This is the... The land that I live in is I want to have all this harmony, but I want to achieve results too. But I don't want to achieve the results at the expense of harmony, and I don't want to have harmony, but then not be doing anything. So this is this is why I talk so much about things like frustration, because it's kind of the nature of the beast. We're, when we decide to have results and have harmony, we're jumping into the swamp where frustration lurks. Now there can be external causes of frustration and that in, that involves conditions uh, that are outside of our control. You know, there could be an actual, you know, there's a physical roadblock. There's a fence across the road. Can't go there. <laughs> We've all noticed that detour and like, ah, I got to go like 20 minutes out of my way now, you know, or some sort of difficult task that we're unable to get past. So, 
but knowing that, then we know that the solutions to frustration need to be either internal or external. Internal, change your expectation. <laughs> external, change the circumstance. Or, because with external, maybe we can change the circumstance, but maybe we can't. So if, we're up, if we meet a circumstance we can't control, then we need to surrender to it. And if, if that idea interests you, you might want to read my blog um, at blog.dressagenaturally.net. You can look for a blog called Love It or Change It. And I'll actually add the link to it in the show notes. So this can be tricky. If we always lower our expectations of ourselves when we get frustrated, then we may end up doing less and less and less, and we end up with a, a pile of regret. And that's not fun. And if we're always surrendering, surrendering to outside circumstance, then, you know, if we surrender to things that we actually could change, then we end up limiting ourselves. However, if we're always bullheadedly trying to change outside circumstances, we can end up with more frustration you know, or we miss opportunities that prevent themselves because we're so single focused that we almost have blinders on. So we can end up banging our heads against these proverbial walls, not noticing that we can't actually change them. Or we don't notice that like, you know, you could take three steps to the left and there's a door, <laughs> right? So we want to keep that curiosity and that cre creativity when we're up against external changes or challenges. So I guess the question in front of us is, how is frustration working for you? When you feel frustration, can you see it as information that tells you, hey, something's not working out as planned? Is, can you see it as information that there's now an expectation that you're having that's, that's unrealistic or impossible? Can you recognize and acknowledge frustration and accept it that it's actually happening? And it's a, it's telling you that you need to take a breath and, and, and acknowledge it and start to problem solve and figure out how you're going to move through it. So that's really the real question is, can you ask yourself, can you have the presence of mind to go, Hey, I feel some frustration. What needs to happen in order to move through it? To not block it out, not say, oh, I'm not feeling frustrated, even though you are, <laughs> right? We have to acknowledge it. But what needs to happen in order to move through it? And this is what I advise people, my students to do when they feel frustrated is it's what I do with myself. I stop, take a breath and ask your horse, how can I help you with this? What do you need to know? And so you can, you can generalize this if maybe you're feeling frustrated and it's not horse related, <laughs> but still, when you feel that moment, you can still stop and take a breath and go, what could help me here? What do I need to know to move through this? Now, in that moment, if you find it really hard to stop, or if you find yourself saying those words through clenched teeth, 
Oh, how can I help you, Horace? <laughs> because you're so frustrated you can't even stop and take a breath and say it nicely. Then it's really important. So if you can't, you must. If you're feeling frustrated and you hear a little voice in your head that goes, you might want to stop and take a breath. And then the other part of your brain goes, no, I got to get this done. <laughs> then you really need to stop. And you really need to stop, especially with your horse. You get off, sit on the fence for a second, and ask yourself, all right, what do I need to know here? What's missing? One thing you can start by asking yourself is, is what you're expecting is what you're asking of your horse, is what you're expecting in this moment, is it fair, reasonable, and possible? Because it may be, or it may not be. You might be driving on a really narrow winding road and there's a big truck in front of you that's driving really slow. And no matter how much it's frustrating you, it's not fair, it's not reasonable, and it's not possible to pass him. <laughs> you can't do it. So you've got to figure out how to surrender to it, but it might be possible. Now, let me give you uh, just an example, a horse related example of, of a moment of um, frustration uh, kind of related to everything we've been talking about. Um, so there was a horse once I was training uh, in, we we're up to doing flying changes and I apparently have, from what I've been told, a rather high uh, level of patience. <laughs> That's something that people at clinics have often walked up to me and go, you have a lot of patience. Okay, I got patience. Um, <laughs> but sometimes I, I can... That patience, if that's what we're going to call it, can go, can make me stay too long at things. So there's this horse who's having trouble in flying changes. We had one flying change in one direction, really good. And the other direction, I'd go across the diagonal and get right up to the change. And like every time she would catch me, I think this one was he, um, he would catch me and he would either like break to the trot for a step. Or he'd do the change, but he'd kind of throw his front end forward, and so it would be uh, unclean. The front end would change, and then the back end would go. And every time I came up to him, like, okay, this is the good canner. It feels great. Just sit still, you know, and then, boom, caught me again. And I was really patient. <laughs> I'd try it again. I'd try to sit better. I'd try to make the canner coming into it better. But honestly... I let it go too long and I'm going to put, you know, the patience, I'm going to put that in air quotes. So for those of you who can't see me, I'm making little air quotes when I'm saying patient because I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if I was patient or I was just um, not acknowledging my frustration soon enough. I think that's, that's a, a way to put it because what happened was I let it go on a little too long. And then I did, I got, I got to the end of my patience and I got a little frustrated. And then when I got frustrated, it caused me to be a little more, I'm going to put in air quotes, clear, right? So I kind of had an ugly moment. I came up to the flying change and I'm like, you are not going to break to the trot. That is not an option. 
and you're not going to pull your front end forward. That is not an option. And I rode into a kind of what I don't want to ride into, kind of chasing the back end a bit and catching the front end and going, <laughs> those two things are not options anymore. And if I have to be really honest, I was out of patience. I was frustrated. It was a moment of frustration. And then you know what? It worked. <laughs> and I hate it when those moments work because it's not how I want to ride. But what was really going on there? There was an external problem, right? The flying change, the behavior of the horse. And, you know, I just kept going, doing the same thing because I did think it was fair, reasonable, and possible to expect a clean flying change from the horse, given all the other stuff going on. But, you know, I, to my credit, I wasn't blaming the horse. I was perceiving a deficiency in myself, actually. I was like, I must be doing it wrong. I'm, let me just try it again. Let me just try it again. Let me just try it again. And I got more and more frustrated, more and more frozen. And my frustration frustrated my efforts, right? It prevented me from having my success. I just kept doing the same thing, expecting a different result. And that's the downside of, again, I'll call in quotes, too much patience. It wasn't too much patience. It was a tolerance of frustration. It wasn't, it was me not admitting that I was getting frustrated because if I admitted I was getting frustrated, I would have stopped. I would have taken a breath and I would have said, what do I really need? And maybe if I had thought about it more instead of pretending that it wasn't working and just trying it again one more time, a little fake smile on my face, I would have I would have figured out exactly what I needed to tell the horse and I would have got it done sooner. Right. So this is this, um, <laughs> you know, I think this happens a lot to people who, um, want to be nice. I'm going to put that word nice in air quotes again. <laughs> so they want to be nice or they just want everything to be so harmonious that you, you actually create less harmony. So, um, how do I know that it wasn't just being patient? How do I know that? Why am I putting in air quotes? Why isn't that story a story of me being very patient? Well, because it didn't feel good. Every repetition when I kept hitting the same block and I knew deep down I was frustrated, but I was pretending not to be, and it didn't feel good. So that dynamic is dangerous. If, if, we wait too long. If frustration builds so much, then it comes out and it's way more aggressive than it needs to be. I mean, you know, on the scale of aggression, that wasn't bad, but I wish I had just done what I needed to do sooner. So, um, I guess another example is when we're frustrated and we actually do need to change our expectations. Right. Because it, there could have been a different scenario here. It could have been an example of me doing it again and again and then getting even more, you know, big in my aids and it still didn't work. And what I really needed to realize is that it was not the right moment to ask for that flying change or expect it. And this is why it's tricky. Do I keep going or do I back off? And that's why it's so important to stop and sit down and think every now and then. 
So in the one case, if I had thought sooner, I probably would have come up with a better set of aids quicker and just nipped it in the bud and been a little bit more clear sooner. Um, but sometimes we need to make, you know, sometimes we need to stop and go, you know what, today's not the day. I think there's some missing pieces because there's plenty of times when I've approached that same problem or approached flying changes and ended up with that same problem that if I sit down and think, the answer is it's not fair, reasonable, and possible. The canner quality is not good enough. It's coming in too crooked. There's not enough of the basics. I need to do some homework or something like that. And so how do you know the difference? Well, in the first story I told you, it felt bad to keep going. In the second version, it'll feel bad. Um, I mean, it. sorry, in the first story, it felt bad uh, to not do more. And in the second case, if it's not fair, reasonable, possible to ask, it'll feel bad when you do do more. And so that's why it's important to really sense when you're on that edge and really check in and read everything. Because I've also felt those moments where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do it again. I'm just going to do it again. And it feels worse and worse and worse and worse as I go. The more I ask, the worse it feels. And then I get in frustration. And sometimes in that moment, it's hard to stop. And this is why you have to really be on top of yourself because it's like, oh, I just need to mm, one more time. <laughs> but the more you do, the worse it feels. Where in the other case, the less I did, the worse it felt. And so, you know, that's, that's for me. It feels, so in the cases where it, you start to ask for more and it feels worse, then it's time to compromise, right? So that's the same as the, when you start to get the sense that you're on a winding road behind a truck and you're not going to get past it. <laughs> So we have to recognize that feeling, that feeling of I can't get past it. So then we surrender. We have to let go of our expectation. We have to stop yelling and fussing and just drive slower. And that's why recognizing this dynamic in yourself away from your horse is going to help your horsemanship. You know, driving in front of that, behind that person that's driving too slow Practice surrendering. If you can't pass, practice letting go. That's going to help you with your horse. If it's a day when your horse just can't give you what you're asking and it feels bad to do more, the same way it feels bad to keep yelling at that truck in front of you. It doesn't feel good. In some level, a primal level, it might feel satisfying, but you're satisfying your caveman self. <laughs> We're not cavemen. So really watch that dynamic. Because we don't want to practice that because otherwise, what are we going to think of when we get frustrated? We're going to just think of that same cycle and that same kind of problem solving. We don't want to have road rage with our horses. And on the other hand, if you got a nice wide road and it's straight and you've got great visibility, it's pointless to drive behind him when you could just pass. <laughs> oh. So I know I'm talking a lot, of, a lot about feelings and sensing what you're feeling. I mean, those are what our emotions are, right? They're feelings. I'm driven a lot by feelings. I'm very tuned in. I'll tend to default if I have to choose between what my brain says and what my body feels like. I'll tend to choose my feelings. That's just me. I have to train myself to use my logic every now and then. But I, I know not everybody is. 
but I know everybody can feel. I know everybody is feeling. That's what emotions are. So we all deal with emotions in different ways. I'm, I don't, I'm also master repressor of emotions historically. Not anymore. <laughs> Poor Dana knows that. I don't repress my emotions anymore. I feel them because I want to feel them and get the information. Remember, they're, they're, they give us information. They are energy in motion. They prepare our bodies for action. They're telling us something. They're telling us so much information. So we can start to expect frustration, even look for it, not go trying to make it happen, but watch out for it. Uh, I always say that I'm really uh, lucky because I have a frustration alert dog. So I have uh, my dog, Sydney, she's an Australian cattle dog. And it's the first time I've had an Australian cattle dog. Uh, and they are amazing. She is so keenly aware of energy and especially negative energy. Like she can tell, you know, if I see a horse rubbing their butt on the fence and I'm about to like tell them to like, Hey, stop that. She's already on it. She knows who I'm thinking about. And I notice that she'll, she'll lay very patiently outside the arena or on the edge of the arena most of the time. Um, but if there's a horse or myself starting to feel a little frustration or anxious in any way, she'll get up and she'll start just trying to move closer. And it took a long time before I put two and two together with this. But I play with Liberty. She'll be outside the round pen or wherever I'm playing at Liberty. And if I see her start to get up and start to kind of track around the round pen, she's picking up on that. That horse is starting to reach the edge of the limit and is probably going to start to leave or check out or do something. And, uh, and it's, she's amazing at it. If I'm riding a horse and I'm starting to do something a little harder and maybe they're getting a little intense, she'll start getting in the way. And it's at first it annoyed me because you know, the horse would not, things wouldn't be working. I'd have to be concentrating more. And then all of a sudden there's a dog in my way. And so I'd start yelling at her. I get frustrated at her and I'm like, Oh my gosh, now it's just, she's like, all right, now we got even more frustration going. I think she kind of enjoyed that. So now I try to realize realize it for you know, what it is. And it's often really helpful. She makes me check in with me and my horse it starts happening. I go, okay, let me stop. Let me get her out of the arena. It gives me a breather. Right. And I'll tell her to you know, go lie down. <laughs> and then I notice, okay, we're in frustration. How can I break the cycle? Cause if I break the cycle, then she goes and lays down. She's out of the way. I can think. So sometimes I, I get that information and I back off like, yep, got, get too wound up here. Need to take the pressure off. And sometimes I'm, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I know. Thank you, Sydney. I know this is a, the horse is going through a difficult moment. I'm good. The horse is feeling a little stressed, but like, we're going to get through this and it's going to be awesome. It's needed. But again, it's a really good moment to look at myself because when Sydney gets up, if I start getting frustrated that she's there, you know, rather than just going, Hey, Sydney, go lie down. I got this. You know, I can hear myself <laughs> go lie down, <laughs> get out of the way or just, Hey, good girl, go lie down. Tells me my level of frustration. So to sum up, 
How are we going to handle frustration? Number one, stop. Just stop. <laughs> Two, acknowledge it. Name it. I'm feeling frustrated. Take a breath. <sighs> Take a few breaths. And then try to describe the problem in one sentence, a short sentence, maybe like five to seven words. What is the problem? Then ask yourself, is it fair, reasonable, and possible to expect what you're expecting? Then, can you change it? If yes, change it. <laughs> figure out what you need to change. If you don't know how to change it, then stop and go do some homework and figure out what you're going to need to try to change. If you can't change it, relax, let go, go with it. Not going to happen today. Then ask yourself an empowering question. That's the one I said before. How can I help you? What do we need? What else could I try? Realize that most, thi most things are figure outable. I love that word. When in doubt, sit it out. <laughs> you want to break the cycle. So when you're feeling frustrated, if nothing else, stop. And if you can't remember any other steps, when in doubt, sit it out. Tomorrow's another day. Jim Rohn has a great quote. He said, learn how to turn frustration into fascination. You'll learn more by being fascinated by life than you will by being frustrated by it. So turning on curiosity, and that's why asking that empowering question is so important. Turn on curiosity, get your brain trying to think of something, something, try to figure something out, be fascinated. I wonder what I could do here. What is the problem? What is that one sentence I could use to describe what's going on here? Get fascinated. I wonder why I can't, I wonder why this isn't working. What else could I do? Learn how to turn frustration into fascination. You'll learn more by being fascinated by life than you will by being frustrated by it. And there's another really cool quote by one of my favorites, Lao Tzu. And Lao Tzu says, respond to anger with virtue. Deal with difficulties while they're still easy. Handle the great while it is still small. And what great advice that is for avoiding frustration in life or well, not avoiding it, noticing it sooner in life and in horse training. So I hope this helps. I hope this helps you notice frustration when it's small. Deal with it while it's still easy. Handle the great problems while they're still small problems. Let me know. Join me in the Dressage Naturally Land Facebook group and tell me what you think. All right, bye. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. 
never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.